Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Las Chivas del Norte. My name is Varro, and I am here with the rest of the Chivas del Norte crew, Rigo, Luis, and Flo. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's up? So, uh, we finally lost the game this year. Tragic. Luis, Luis's uh, Invincible season prediction is over. Oh man, I was disappointed. That was that's what hurt me the most. <laughs> For like two days there, I really thought we were gonna do it. I mean, we we'll, we'll talk about the game, but um, I don't I don't think we deserve to lose. But um, let's. I mean, I kind of I was kind of banking on going undefeated to at least March. Oh yeah, that's true, right? We did say it was very realistic last episode. At least till March. I was yeah. like, you know what? But I mean, at the same time, like, it's League MX. You can't win them all. And it's such an unpredictable league that you can, you can, you can kind of see it happening. And then playing in Santos is, is really difficult. And winning there. Like, not a, like, it's not a place that they lose at all. I think Chivas had only won twice since, like, 2011 or some nonsense like that. Yeah, I mean, every, I think Liga MX is one of the most unpredictable leagues, even if, like, you have a dominant team. Like, even, yeah. even if, even if you look at other leagues in the world, like, look at freaking, uh, EPL this week, like, City lost to Newcastle. Um, Chelsea got washed. Chelsea got washed by I don't know who. Liverpool me, drew. Me neither. Liverpool drew to Le- Leicester, like, Man, like we can, drew. we can, like, Guess, guess we try to like predict what's gonna happen, but like soccer is yeah. one of the most unpredictable sports in the world. So yeah, and I think I think it was Regal that said last week that when you look at our schedule over the next few weeks, Santos was our toughest team that we had to face here in the coming yeah. weeks. So if we were gonna lose one, I mean, I guess you could see Santos being that team. And if we're being real, they weren't even that tough. I mean, we we can get into the game, I guess. Yeah, really. um, I'll start us off with the Chivas lineup. We had a switch. Cardoso decided to go with a back line of five. So at goalkeeper, as always, Gudinho. At right back, Van Ranking. Then three center backs, I guess. We had uh, Iramier, Chair Pereira, and uh, Marin. And then at left back, we had Ponce. In the middle, we had... Vega on the right wing, Molina and Beltran holding down the midfield, and Brizuela on the left wing, and then Pulido up top as the lone striker. What's up? That's, that's not how I saw it. That's not how you saw it? What did you see? Nah. I saw it was five in the back. Right. Uh, but it turned into a three-five-two. but in the midfield, it was obviously Beltran and Molina, and then Pulido ahead of them. And then uh, Vega and Brizuela were the were the strikers, but Brizuela drifted to the left, and um, Vega would drift right. But they were only drifting because, I mean, we can get into the game, but they were only drifting because the wing backs weren't pushing up. They they're not really they weren't really supposed to drift, but they were drifting because of the fact that there was nobody in that space. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Santos... that, that, I don't know. Did you see? Did you did you other guys see it that way? Uh, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. The I don't know. I don't know about as far as who the striker was, but I definitely did see players drift because there was no fullback help, or it took them too long. Like by the time to from transitioning from defense to attacking, it just took the fullbacks way too long to push up the field, and it made it caused the, the other players to drift wide, and it just left too much space for everyone, man. They had like no time on the ball that much. It was it was a weird it was a a terrible formation. I know why he did it. He did it because he was scared. But in the long run, it ended up costing us the game because the goal came because when Beltran goes to cover and Molina goes to cover, it leaves like a big gap. Um, so it, that's it's where cool. you could that's where you could have seen like if we had Carlos Cisneros, he might have been in, in that zone when Beltran shifts over, but. Five in the back just left way too much space in the midfield. Yeah, just to talk about the goal. Um, Gallito scores a freaking bang in the 19th minute after uh, an Angulo run. So he was being guarded by Molina. 
And then, um, like you said, Luis Beltran tried to go help, which left Gaito wide open at the top of the box. And, of course, Marin was too late to close on him. And Gaito scored a banger. But, um, yeah, you're right, Luis. That, uh, the back line and then too much space in the middle cost us that goal. Yeah, no. We, like, we always joke around Marin being terrible, and he was terrible. He had a terrible passes in this game. But, like, it's, the goal is not really his fault. He was playing center back, and it just, it was more of like the for, the goal was more like on Cardoso's formation than anything. But, I mean, he was hesitant, too. Like, he, he didn't know what to do at that at that moment. Like, he, he almost, he ran up, and then he paused, and then he was like, shit, I, I, should, see, I should keep going. And by then, it was too you, late. He already ripped the you shot. You tried, like, oh, shit, nobody's here. <laughs> Where's everybody at? <laughs> and everyone was on the other side, to the left side, covering the ball. <laughs> and then the the Gudinho dive on that goal. What do you guys think about that? Do you, you think he could have done more, or there was nothing he could do? Because he he dove at the shot with two hands, as opposed to like just uh, his right hand, because he he would have had a little more reach. I thought that I felt. I mean, I felt that he was kind of high up off his line, and he got kind of caught a little forward. I felt that maybe if he was a little bit more back, he might have been able to stop it. But I, I, I mean, it was a it was it was a good shot. I don't know, but I felt like had he been more back, he might have been able to get a better angle on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I don't know if it was. Um... Like, you know, we always say how Gudinho's, uh like, a really tall goalie. I don't know if he just thought he was tall enough yeah. to not take, like, two more steps to the side. He kind of got caught uh, flat-footed, I think. Like, you know how if you take two more steps, you, you have more reach? He just dove, like, flat-footed. I, we also don't know if, like, Marin running at Gallito, maybe, like, it blocked his angle a little bit. Yeah, could have, and it, that might have made him react a little bit late. I don't know. Or it was just a really good shot, because remember, we were, before we I mean, started he did recording. Place it right in the corner. We, we, we said that we thought it got uh, deflected. Yeah, I thought for him to score from, from that far out and then to put it in that angle, I thought it was deflected. Apparently, I mean, I'm, it's hard to believe, but it was his first goal since the goal in the final. <laughs> oh really? Man. Wow. That's what well that's what Anivis Jones said. And they were fucking up the whole stat line and regardless. Maybe in that stadium? But no. I think it was his I know, first goal. Santos, right? Yeah, it was his first goal since a lot of right now. Yeah. Definitely possible. Yeah, it's I mean, he's, he's a he's a defensive mid, so Yeah. But at least at least he didn't celebrate the goal. When he scored, kind of yeah, just, kind of just threw his hands just, up. That's I don't really it. care too much about that. Let him celebrate. Nah, I, I like I like that. They respect their, their <laughs> old their older team. Not like our our leading goal scorer who celebrated a goal against us one time. Yeah, that was that was that's his first goal since the goal in the final. Kind of crazy. I feel like that goal in the final was like his first goal for Chivas. Yeah, that was his first goal for Chivas, too. Was it? Holy shit. Man, Gaito's just a clutch player. Uh, but besides that, Gaito shot. Um, there was another... There's a couple of blocks that Gu- that Gudinho made during the game. He had he had four saves. I think in the first half, um, I think it was Furch that had a shot, and he's, he, like, barely stopped it with his left foot. Oh, with his foot. On, his yeah. ne- on the near post. On his near post. Yeah, he bar- he like his left foot barely got on it, but it yeah. stopped the ball. Um, those are like the the first half highlights I have I have jotted down. And then I also had that uh, during the first half, Van Rankin and Ponce were uh, pretty much like neutralized. I think in the first half, I don't know if you guys saw it that way. Yeah, I think I think part of Santos's game plan was to neutralize the wing play. So like. They weren't letting them really push up, and then when they did put like then they like they weren't really they weren't really letting them push up, and when they were pushing up, they were kind of getting caught like with their with their 
defensive areas being like unguarded. Um, and I think that was that was really the, the biggest tactical thing that I saw occurred in the first half is why it, and that was affecting so much of the game. Like as we were saying earlier, like it was causing Brizuela and and Alexis to drift. Now Brizuela normally plays on a wing. But in, in this particular game plan, his role was a little bit different. Um, so I felt like that like that was the main thing, was the fact that Ponce and Brand Ranking were not able to really, like, push all the way up. And it was just like, it was that, that was non-existent for them. Nah, but I think, I think he was scared, though, man. I think when you play with five defensive players plus Molina... Clearly, you're showing you're you're giving that team way too much respect. So I think their game plan was, hey, let's try to let's try to hold on to like a, at least a draw in the first half, and maybe in the second half go on attack more. But I mean, Santos got the goal in the first half, so I don't I don't think it was that Santos what Santos did. I think it was just that was their game plan was to try to be as defensive as possible, and it shows in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, yeah, we, it was it was. You go it ahead, was right. a defensive lineup. It was a defensive lineup, but at the same time, like, if, no, look, if done properly, what, but think about what happened, like in the from the moment they scored, and he pushes, he starts pushing the wing backs up. It, it's a completely different game now. They now Chivas completely neutralizes what Santos was trying to do, and had Santos like they didn't even know what to do. As soon as he went from a five-three-two to a Three five two, which is what he should have gone with in the beginning, is just especially with two defensive midfielders. I just don't see what Molina being so defensive. Like, what's the point of playing five in the back? We talked about was it last week when we said that Molina drops so far back. Sometimes he drops in between the center backs and creates that same lineup anyway, that same formation anyway. Yeah. I mean, a lot. I thought of, a lot if of... anything, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Um, a lot of a lot of people were adding us on Twitter saying like if the li- if it's not broken don't don't fix it, and that's what Cardoso did with this lineup. I think like you ruined, I guess the kind of momentum and the and the rhythm they had going. And I know we've been saying that Cisneros is trash and stuff, but I think in the past three weeks we've seen like his role and why he was so essential and why Cardoso was insisting on starting him. Yeah, he gave him that defensive help. Um, that's that's why I don't I don't understand like what was the point of taking away a midfielder and leaving all that gap in the middle. Yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, I I, I do think that like Cisneros was needed because he provides that extra comfort for Ponce. Yeah, and like Ponce was just he was incapable of making those runs. Because it was just leaving too much space. Because when when, when Ponce would, it, it, I don't know if you guys noticed, it got to a point where when we were attacking, that the, the three in the back were really wide, right? So if we had to counter and Ponce had to come back, it'd be like it was a lot of space for him to cover. And normally he doesn't have to do that because Cisneros is in front of him and Cisneros helps him. But when you have Ponce and Marín on the same side, like it just it's it's not. It's not a recipe for uh, success. Not that they, not that the goal came because of them, but um, I, I just felt like that's what, why it, would, it wasn't working was the play, people that were playing in the formation. But if you look at the second half, he kept the same formation and it was working just fine. Like in fact, I wanted when I, as I'm watching the game, I wanted a four four two right at, at, at halftime. And he doesn't change it, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, well, you know what? We kind of don't need a four-four-two. And then when he finally went to it, it was like too late. It was like, now this doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think Ponce is the player that struggled the most this game, because um, I like I told you guys the first half, I thought Van Rankin and Ponce were were like super neutralized, but Van Rankin had a really good second half, but Ponce was still invisible to me in the in the second half. I don't think he ever found his way into the game. Never worked his way into it. At one point, I thought he he got subbed off, like, and I didn't notice during the half. <laughs> <laughs> he 
But then I saw him, no, like, he wasn't, commit, he I saw wasn't him commit a foul in the box, in the opponent's box. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's still in here. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is he doing all the way up there? <laughs> when yeah, he did that. Yeah, you remember that foul, right? In the yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised it was even him. No, but you're right. Because um, Van Ranken was way more effective. Once he went to the three five two as a wing player, Van Ranken was way more effective to, um, yeah, as a opposed to Ponce. As, it, he was so, Van Ranken was so effective that, that Santos had to make a substitution to put like a defensive, to put like a more like a left back at midfield to to stop what he was doing. That's how good Van Rankin was in that like the second half up until he got subbed out. Yeah, he he was tearing them apart on the on the right wing. He was like, getting a couple yeah. of crosses into the box, a couple of low crosses, and then um, yeah, he, he forced the, a substitution. Yeah, at the at the forty ninth minute, I think is when Chivas had their best chance in the second half. Uh, like like we said, Van Rankin, uh, a run down the right wing. He finds Vega in the box, and then uh, Vega gets his shot blocked by Orozco. What do you guys think of that uh, opportunity created? I felt like he tried to finesse the shot, and he should have just blasted it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are going to say the same thing. I mean, I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not mad that he tried to finesse, like he tried to place it. Um, he just got unlucky that the goalie was able to dive that way. And I'm also not mad that he took the shot, but also Beltran was right there, like, coming in. Like, nah, he's, he's, he's a striker. Him. He has to take that shot. Yeah, he has to take it. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, like, the pressure of not having scored a goal yet. He wanted it. Did we lose Flo? Uh, I don't know. Flo? Well, Yo. Says he's on. Yeah. I, I was on mute. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, yeah, I've been pausing and waiting for waiting for Flo to jump in. He just doesn't. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> well, I don't think I've said much. I don't think you missed much. I was watching Royal Rumble, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I did say a few things, but I just figured y'all heard me and kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's Uh-oh. usually how things work. Wait, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna edit this out, but now I want to put it in. <laughs> I mean, um, edit out the edit out the empty the space. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit out the empty sound. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Vega is a striker. He has to take that shot. I don't, I don't blame him for it. Yeah, definitely, I agree. And I, and I think the pressure is starting to get to him. To be honest, of getting that first goal, even though we've said on the podcast before, you know, we think he's playing well. We think he's doing a lot of the build up play, connecting with Polito, but. You know the the pressure. He is the goal scorer. The Mexican media. I think he really wants to get that goal. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not mad with the finesse shot. He placed it. He placed it well. I mean, it was going to the corner. The goalie just made a good save. Yeah, I mean, after I mean, this weekend, freaking um, what's his name? Macias had a brace, and then before, like I think week one, Saldivar had a goal for Monterrey. So the strikers we got rid of have scored. And then we got Vega, who hasn't scored for us yet. No, I'm not mad. I'm gl- I'm happy with, with Vega regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am too. I'm just saying, I know the media is waiting to to make this a story and just blow it out of proportion. But um, right. I, I don't think any of us here are, are mad at Vega. No, nah, especially when, when the... Go ahead. In fact, I find it kind of odd that he keeps subbing him out because he's playing well in the games. But I mean, that's um, one of the yeah. things we hate about Cardoso, right? His substitutions. They never make sense to us. One, they like, don't make don't sense. Like... They never come on time. Uh, his game plans, although they've worked the first three weeks, I mean, this one, this week it backfired. I mean, that's, like, that really why... has been his biggest criticism is his substitution, the way he uses it. Yeah. And why, If you're going to take out Vega, why take out? Why put why put in Madrigal? Why is Ronaldo playing? Why not put in Ronaldo? Yeah, bro, who the Ronaldo's hell is the one Madrigal? that's scoring? Where the hell did you come from? <laughs> he He's the one they got, got from from Monterrey. Sorry, but... Oh, that's who it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bro, I thought he was like a random throw-in that we were never going to use. <laughs> bro, I rather them. Yeah, I'd rather Ronaldo or who else do we have? Godinez. No, no, he, he didn't even make the bench. Godinez. I just found it weird that he went to Madrigal over Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah, like, 
Like um like Flo was saying, I was watching the the Rumble and and the Chivas game at the same time on Sunday. But um, well, I I rewatched it today, and I was like, I was like, damn, this would have been a really good game for Ronaldo because we've talked about his ball movement in the box, and I think this is one of those games where he would have somehow come up clutch and and scored a goal, just because he's so smart off the ball. Yeah, um, I was thinking that. Don't you guys think that the fact that he made those substitutions so late that he probably wasn't playing for the win? That he was hoping for the draw. That he because if you really want the win, I think you make substitutions way earlier, hoping to get two goals. But the fact that he waited so long for the last fifteen minutes, it goes to show me that he cared more just about getting a draw than walking away with a win. I mean, also, if, but if you look at the game, also like this team was playing well. Like yeah, but hand. they were. But with defensive players in the game, yeah. like okay, you play three five two. But now imagine if you have Ronaldo on the wing instead of uh, I mean Carlos and Carlos Cisneros on the wing instead of Ponce, or a Gael in, in the wing instead of Ponce. You know what I mean? Like that. Those types yeah. of substitutions is what I'm talking about. Not so much that those changes the formation is you have defensive players in there that you can take out, and you'll probably be even more effective with offensive players. So the fact that he didn't do it, I felt like, I don't know if he really wanted to win. Because if he did, he would have done something earlier. I mean, looking at the game plan and the lineup, it seems like he was probably playing for the draw the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so he makes he made the substitutions, the first two he so, took out. So we can agree, fire Cardoso? <laughs> not, not yet. I wouldn't fire him right now. Not yet, though. <laughs> The su- the subs came at the seventy fifth minute. Marine for uh, Gael Gael came in for Marine and Madrigal came in for Vega at the seventy fifth. And then at the eighty eighth minute, Cisneros comes in for Van Rankin. So like yeah, you guys are right. The subs came in too late. Should have came in like fifteen minutes earlier. Each one. Also, I felt like Gael. It was bad. It wasted bad. his opportunity. He did absolutely nothing. Yes, I have that noted too. Yeah, he was pretty bad. Um, so that didn't really help. You figure he comes in, he's going to take advantage of his opportunity and you know do something. But he was he was bad. But look, to me, guy, to me, guy is not one of those like consistent players, right? Like if if that substitution is trophies. You feel like even in 15 minutes, a player like Trophies can give you like a good pass or something. Gael is more a little bit inconsistent. He'll have his good moments, his bad moments. So to just give him 15 minutes, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, he needs longer. Really have, yeah, he needs, a, he needs more time. I would have figured at least like 30 minutes on the field. I mean, look, the looking, other at, looking, at, looking at our bench, we don't really have any like offensive subs that could have came in. Do we still have, what's it called? Was what's the name on the bench? Do we still have Edson Tor- Torres? He was not on the bench. The only other midfielders on the bench were uh, Michael Perez and then Cisneros, who came in later for uh, Van Rankin. Then we had Ronaldo and uh, Madrigal, who came in, and then defenders Basulto and Huacho. So we didn't really have that creative midfielder that could come in and make a difference. Like, that's and why we're we missing trophies. trophies. Yeah. We need him back. Even if he's inconsistent, but I I I feel like we. I mean, trust the only him more. The, the, the other one that was kind of lost was was Kone. Like I felt like he was kind of they kind of nullified him a little bit. Yeah, I think um, the first half they really did, and then second half he had a couple. But um, that's like I think that's like the third game in a row that he's not really like a standout player for us. Two two or three games. Which is weird because, like we said, he he had been Chivas' best player the last two two seasons. Do you think? Hey, so he, Mike, you Michael Perez is healthy already. Yeah, he's on the bench. He's he's not yeah. getting minutes anymore. Yeah, but I would have rather them used him than than fucking Marin. Like, found a way to like include him. In, if you want to be more defensive, include him in the lineup instead of Marin, and play with two de- like. Because we know Perez is defensive, defensive. Yeah. Where where Beltran, you can kind of push him up to a more attacking role. Because he's more of a complete midfielder. Yeah, you could even drop uh, Molina back at to like CDM and then let Perez and uh, Beltran sit in front of him. Because Molina does that anyways. Remember we like yeah. we say that he he acts like a center back at times. But this is this is the Cardoso, I guess that we were afraid of. Like 
Maybe he maybe he thought too much about this game. Yeah, someone's uh, I don't know. Someone tweeted out that we played a team with only one forward and we played him with three center backs and a defensive midfielder. Like, yeah, somebody know. tweeted me that. I don't remember who it was. I mean, Santos had their ch- chances though. They had a uh, look. They had eleven shots, five on target. So they were they weren't like not creating opportunities. Nah, but Chivas dominated this. The second half was a complete dominant. Oh yeah, performance from Chivas. Definitely, I was proud of them to be honest. Yeah, like I, I told you guys, like um, after watching the game today, I was like, oh, Chivas, Chivas really didn't play bad at all. I thought they had played terrible because I I didn't re- remember anything about the game until I watched it today again. But um, I it's one of those. I think it's one of those classic um, Almeida games where we played well, but it, it was the season that those games didn't go our way. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like a loss from last season. Like, last season, we just weren't good enough, and we weren't winning. Yeah. So it hurt for that reason, because we weren't good enough. This loss hurt, because deep down, we feel like we sh- should have won this game, probably. At least a draw, I think. At least a draw, at least yeah. A draw. yeah. Yeah, at least a draw. Yeah, Chivas had uh, 14 shots, uh, 5 on target, and 59% of possession throughout the game. So we definitely had the ball way more than Santos. Anything else you guys noted from, I guess, the game overall? Yeah, uh, Beltran's a beast. Yeah, he's best good, young, Best young center mid in Mexico. He's just yeah, he's so he's good, really man. Good. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's, he's getting better and better every week. Yeah, the more he confidence is. he gets on the field, it just shows every week, man. The more I I'm see also, him play, like, I'm, I was gonna say, the more I see him play, the more I see like those rumors that he caught Tata Martino's eyes. Like he's gonna keep catching him if he keeps watching the game. Was he at this game? <laughs> I think he was. I think, I think so, he was, yeah. right? He I think was. they said he was. Yeah, at yeah, the game. he was. Yeah. So he's follow. Is he following him? <laughs> <laughs> I I also I also think that Pulido's been playing really well too. Yeah, me Pulido's been playing like he's been doing a lot. He, oh, I mean, we he didn't support this game, but we didn't talk about the the opportunity he created in the first half, which is basically almost replicating his goal against the Luca. You guys remember oh, that yeah. one? Yeah, he shot yeah, near yeah. post. Yeah, yeah, it was it was basically the same, almost the same play, and it would have been the same exact kind of goal. Maybe he, maybe he's practicing those, just that training, dribbling to the right, dribbling to the right, and then just ripping a shot. I did see uh, Cardoso after the game said that this loss was on him. That's I don't good. know if he, I don't know if he meant it or it's just something like every coach says after a loss, like oh it's my fault I didn't have my players ready. But hopefully he means it and he realizes that he made some, he made mistakes at like from from the jump from the starting lineup. So going forward, hopefully he doesn't make them again. Yeah, I feel like this is just a. I feel like he thought he he had too much time to think or something about this game because. It, like tactics and stuff aren't his like specialty. Like we've criticized him before for it, and I just feel like he came out with a, a brand new game plan, and it just didn't work this time. And Santos' coach said that that's what Santos does. They make they make teams they make teams park the bus, which I don't think Chivas ever parked the bus in this game. No, I think the was, first the first half was back and forth, and then the second half Chivas. She was yeah, San- Santos' coach got to get drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, just a little more stats. Uh, like we said, Beltran had a had a streak going of a eighty percent or better passing rating. He had a seventy six percent this week, which still isn't too bad. That's not bad. But uh, his eighty percent streak is a done. As is Chivas' uh, undefeated season. <laughs> so we... Every game we pick a man of the match. I know we lost, but um, to you guys, man of the match for Chivas. Man of the match. That's hard for me to pick a man too. of the match with a loss. I'll just say that uh, Beltran. Beltran, I love the way he plays. I won't say man of the match, but I just love the way he plays. He's the one who... like. Every week, week in, week out, it just keeps catching my my eye even more. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Pulido. I feel like he's been he's been 
really been ha- having an all-around good role creating, uh, make creating cancer for himself. Um, really like the engine. Uh, him and Bertrand really like the engine of of the of the team. Looking at like player ratings, he was he was rated the best player for Chivas. Um, he had uh, yeah I'm three so shots, sure. three shots on target, seventy five percent pass rate, two uh, four key passes. So he 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 had a he had a good game. Uh, Flo, man, of the match for you. Uh, from what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, when I, I was watch, I was trying to watch it, um, but I would ag- agree with Bertrand. I felt I felt like he had a good game, and I just continued to be impressed with him. Um, and I think he's getting better at like you know pushing forward and and trying to make those those key passes and everything as well. So he's just he's just improving his game overall. All right, and I'm gonna go with Van Rankin. I think he had a really quiet first half, but that second half he came out really good he looked really good that second half created a, a couple of opportunities set up Vega with that potential goal and I think this is like a this is the rhythm that we want to see him keep throughout the season especially with um, Chapito out for uh, two months because he got surgery um, I don't know this this is the guy that I think rumors were that Benfica or whoever were looking at him so I think this is this is a good ver- this is the version of Van Rankin I want to see going out going forward because we did say he was start- he was getting off like a quiet a quiet start I think Rigo you said um you you criticized a little about Van Rankin right yeah yeah the, 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 I thought the first half he just wasn't he wasn't really productive he was he was very non-existent in the game but that second half I think kind of turned it up and it was more of like the tactics being you know them pushing forward. Because it, it really felt like in the first half he was just not playing well. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the Chivas and Santos game that ended 1-0 in favor of Santos. All right. And other Chivas news. Like I said, Chapo Sanchez got surgery on his left foot. Um, not really clear when he picked up that injury. The, the Chivas medical reports are always are always, I feel like, random as hell. When I opened it, I was expecting like an update on trophies, and then it just said oh, Chapo Sanchez got surgery and he's out for six to eight weeks. So um, I guess we just hope he recovers well fast and can come back and help the team. I wonder who the substitute the substitute's going to be. Well, we didn't have not, one, that, right? not, no. not that he subs Van Rankin a lot, but I mean you got to think that you know injuries can happen at any moment. I, th- I thought that's why he subbed out. Van Rankin this game like Van Rankin could have been tired and he just threw Brizuela back at right back to finish off the game because it was only like five minutes left yeah I think uh, I'd be interested to see who who he would go with if Van Rankin wants to get hurt who's who's the Copa MX right back it was Chapo but I I forgot I didn't watch the Cimarrones game which I heard was terrible by the way I didn't watch it either the last night because I was out. But I didn't, I didn't watch it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy me. I do enjoy some Copa Max, but um, that app doesn't tell me pulling up the apps right now. Where are the line? So bad the game was, you can't even find a lineup for it. <laughs> Damn, where the fuck's the lineup? Even they didn't watch the game. They, they didn't bother in, reporting on it. No, just type it in Google. Just type Chivas and just find the game from yesterday, and I'll show you the lineup on Google. I'm on Sofa Score right now, and I can't find it. <laughs> the, game, the game never. I mean, right, you gotta find it now. People are gonna be pissed if you can't find it. Someone's yelling at us right now. Oh, like the last episode. Remember, we couldn't remember where. Uh, we couldn't oh, yeah, remember so where Fierro went. Where Fierro had played. And then um, someone on Reddit told us that he went to Morelia. I forget. I forget the username. We said that though. I said that, yeah, but after like five chances. Yeah, it took us a while to figure it out. Oh, I found the. I found the lineup. Okay. It's uh, Orozco, Cervantes, 
Pérez, Mayorgas, Cisneros, Marín, Jimenez. Like, this shit isn't in order, so I can't really tell. All right, well, there's somebody out there that <laughs> can play right back for us. I just feel like it's going to be Brizuela. Like, he, he'll just be like, all right, Brizuela, go back there. Or he'll just I mean, let Ben Rankin play the whole game. Because I don't think... I don't remember, but I feel like this is the first time Ben Rankin got subbed off. I don't think he'd been subbed off before. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him being subbed off. I don't remember him being subbed off at all. So maybe he can just play the whole game. I think I think the right back was probably, if I had to guess, based off looking. Villanueva? Carlos Villanueva? Maybe. That's who I was thinking, number four, right? I'm looking at the lineup, and it doesn't show you how they position themselves on the field. It just tells you the stats. But, so yeah, no idea. If you guys are listening and know who... <laughs> <laughs> if she wasn't right back <laughs> Nobody watched you can, sure you, can, didn't watch. you can add us I'm telling you The only uh, person that watched was Stray uh, That's the only person I saw tweeting about it I thought it was somebody that? to watch Actually it might have been uh, Sepulveda It was Sepulveda Yeah Because Villanueva looks like he was center back Actually I just uh, pulled up the highlights And uh, they pulled out the Starting eleven. Oh, there yeah. You go. And uh, suppose that I was on the right. Look at Flo being being our, seat, being our uh, Saban. <laughs> yeah. Flo <laughs> All right. Uh, other Chivas news for the first time this season. No Chivas players were on the team of the week. We had been on a nice little run. Somebody had been on there each week. But uh, Beltran did make the, what's it called? They call it the, the Young Players Team of the Week. So Beltran was in that. Best player on that list. Best. Probably. Or right. He's better than Jonathan Rodriguez. No, Jonathan Gonzalez Rodriguez. Gonzalez from Monterrey. Who's the one from Tigres? Tigres with a youngster. Yeah, Tigres got a youngster. Nah, he probably played like 10 minutes. Nah, he's supposed to be really good. I don't know. I haven't I heard of him. I think his last name is Rodriguez. I don't, I don't know what his last name is, but he's supposed watch. to be really good. I don't, I don't know. watch MX. I don't know any Thetis fans to ask. Uh, there's one that follows us. Who, Eduardo? The one Eduardo, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, that's my boy. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's your boy. <laughs> All right. Moving on boy, to... Is your boy in real life? Huh? Is your boy in real life? Yeah, I met life? him through uh, PBA in New York. We hung out a couple yeah. of times. He's cool. He's a little crazy about the whole uh, Mexican players coming back to Mexico. But oh, he's obsessed with that topic. That's, an, that's another. Uh, that's a different podcast. Not not the Chivas del Norte podcast. Yeah, that's uh, that three the three way podcast. <laughs> Well, pause. <laughs> 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 thought uh, I thought Rigo broke the news on Twitter that Tigres were bringing back Raul Jimenez. <laughs> um, all right, move on to it's we'll time. move on to Twitter questions. We got loyal listener Dan Men. He asked, oh, "Do you Spurs think? <laughs> do you think Vega has been a success or failure so far?" Also, do you think, based on game so far, is Liguilla virtually guaranteed? Let's uh, well, Vega first. Well, don't we'll answer that. Don't don't use what we tell you in your articles, all right, Dan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think at least Vega's at least embed good. embed the epi- embed this episode into your article. Yeah, Dan. embed the episode into the article <laughs> when you quote us. <laughs> I think Vega's been good. I think I think he is an upgrade over Saldiva, to be honest. Uh, I don't think that's the so question. I'm, and do I think we make the playoffs? I think we make the playoffs. I think if you I know think, what you're watching, I think if you know what you're watching, you know Vegas has not been a disappointment. If you just care yeah. about, like, goals, then stats, you can complain. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you're like Joel, who just looks for stats, <laughs> then you're like, you're like uh, that he's been terrible, but nah, he's been. I think he's been great. 
Yeah, I um, think. I, go ahead, Flo. I was saying, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. Um, I think he brings so much more to the table than just scoring goals. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, the build up play, um, the fact that he can play on the wing as well and be seem to be just as comfortable out there as he is up top. Um, and he seems to be forming a really nice relationship with Bolito. So I'm sticking to the goals will come. Um, I think he's been really good. That's one thing that, that is a little concerning. If you look at the table and the, the teams that are around us, they have, they, have more, they have a lot more goals than we do. They're also allowing more goals than we are. Um, so I would definitely like to see the team start scoring a little bit more. Definitely. Yeah, they they the Univision commentators talked about that um during the game. I forget did I jot down the numbers? Um I didn't. But um the number of shots that Chivas have taken this season I think was half of what the number of shots Santos. that Santos had taken this season. Yeah. Which which made me want to like look further into it, but um I had just finished watching the game so I didn't get a chance. But um, that that's a, I guess we're efficient. We're more efficient than Santos, but still, shooters got to shoot. You know, just I took you gotta a, start ripping shots. Let me see if I still have it. I took a picture a picture from last week. They had the stats. Uh, I think it was ESPN Deportes had it. Let me see if I still have the picture of the stats from last week. But it, 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 it <laughs> the stats were the stats were yeah here it is. So through the first three games this season, where we're three and zero, we had four goals, zero against us. We only we've only had ten shots on target and only created twenty two chances. Last season, after three games, we were one we were one we only had one draw and two losses, three goals, five against us, but we had created uh thirty nine chances and had sixteen goals on target. Sixteen shots on target. That's so true. we were creating more last season, like way more, but we were giving up a lot of goals. It's because trophies was playing. And <laughs> and we had and we had Marine. That's what we were giving up the goals. Marine. And Sarcido. Yeah, no, uh, that makes sense. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant he was scoring goals. No, no. Like, we had <laughs> trophies was creating, right? Yeah. But we weren't scoring because they weren't scoring. And uh, and then we had Marine and Sarcido on defense. That's so what we were getting scored on. So it, it makes sense. I mean, that, that just proves what we've been saying, that, you know, some of these games that wouldn't go our way like in in a particular season, have gone our way this season. So that's that's a good stat to pull up, Luis. Good job. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it probably doesn't sorry. help that we're playing like six defensive players. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're not going to be shooting all types of shots when we, you know, we're playing five, six defensive players out there. So that probably has a lot to do with it as well. Bro, by the time our fullbacks get up, get up the field, we have already lost the ball. <laughs> That's how long it takes them. But I think we I think I said it last week, like like the way we were playing was cool as long as we've been winning. But it completely changes once you lose the game. And if and if we continue to play defensive and if we we stop if we're no longer winning and we're playing defensive, oh man. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. You can then you have the Mourinho problem. I would say the Jose Mourinho yeah. ball. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool as long as you're winning. But once you're not winning, that's that's not the way you want to be playing. All right. So, just to go back to the original question, I don't think like you guys. I don't think Vega is a failure at all. I think he brings something new to the team, something we needed in the attacking. And is Liguilla virtually guaranteed? I don't. I don't want to say yes. Because yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say yes. We've seen teams um, get off to a really hot start and then crash out at the end of the season. The most recent example I can think of is um, Pumas. I think two seasons ago, they were like super to leave there for two, like three, four weeks, and then they ended up not making the playoffs at all. So this is Liga MX. You can't guarantee anything, but based on the way we're playing. I think Chivas is uh, very likely to make the playoffs. The league, yeah. I would say one advantage is we have a, we've already played Santos, we've already played Toluca, we've already played Cruz Azul. So it's not like 
So some of the games we have won have been against good teams, at least. So our remaining schedule, we still have a lot of the bad teams like Atlas to play. Yeah, we have... Um, we got one more Twitter question, then we'll get into our next opponent. Uh, at Almeidista. And now that I read his his uh, Twitter handle, the question makes sense. He said, uh, <laughs> should they fire Cardoso's bum ass already? <laughs> <laughs> I give him uh, two more weeks. Nah, I don't That's think it? I mean, two more weeks. That's kind of fast. Too, I'm though. not. I'm not like I don't love Cardoso, but a mid-season firing isn't isn't ideal for the team. Not a team with this much turmoil in the past couple of years. I think we kind of have to let him. You kind of got to let Cardoso ride it out for the rest of the season. Yeah, we need some then, stability at the head coach. Fucking yeah, fire, and if, fire him for starting. He should know better. <laughs> if I think if he doesn't make the liguilla this season, then I think we should look at, at firing him in the off season. But I think he makes the liguilla. I don't see it being a. I don't see them missing. To be honest, I just hope he learns from his mistakes, and he. Yeah. I, I, I mean, would I feel hope like so too. I would hope so too, but it's like the same thing every time after a loss. It's like substitution, substitution for starting lineup. So, like, how many times do we have, are we going to go through this? That's what I said. Like, as, as long, if he's winning and getting results, it's cool. But if we don't win, like these next, if we just lose these next two games coming up, then then it's a whole different outlook on the season and and, and on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly this next game. If he doesn't win it. But, I mean, if, like I said, if, if he wins it, now we're sitting at 12 points in five games. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the Mourinho. As long as you're winning, you're good. But you start you start racking up losses, it's time for you to go. But the problem with them be like, there's no – like, who do you bring? There's Rafa Puente? Marcelo Gallardo from River Plate. What about the, the Pumas coach that just got fired? Patino? Patino? Didn't, he, didn't he like? Didn't he overachieve with that Buma squad he had? He did that first season, but uh, but so I mean, this yeah. season he sucked. What about Rafa Puente? Isn't that who people wanted last season? Yeah, isn't he with? Uh, isn't he like about to quit if he loses to America? He's exactly. Who he plays next? Oh, he's a Caratero coach. Yeah, he's a Caratero. He said yeah. that if the team plays again the way they did this week, that he will he will step down. Oh, he's getting fired for real. He's zero four. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's the one he's getting fired Stone was like oh he has he has pedigree he's traveled around the world learning from coaches and shit like that oh yeah that was um, who was that that's little hat trick yeah well he didn't yeah he, he was the one he didn't was... learn he didn't learn how to win games <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I I agree with you guys I don't think I don't think it's time to fire Cardoso yet um, Man, I didn't say that we need, we need, we need stability at, at head coach and I think, um, like I said, to start off, the, like after game one, I saw something different in the team. It was kind of uh, Cardoso implementing his system into the team and not just trying to keep the Almeida system going. So um, uh, this I was a the, bad loss, but I think I think we'll, we'll get better. We'll I saw be him okay. implementing the, his system last season, but now like now that the team has taken his shape, like what he wants completely. Yeah, it was like a transition phase, and yeah. now it's 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 a Cardoso team through and through. All right, so, but if he does lose this next game, then I will be worried because we are playing Veracruz, who recently signed Chivas legend Carlos Salcido. Wait, what? As a player <laughs> or as a coach, as assistant, <laughs> as a as a player. <laughs> oh my god. It's got to be like when NFL teams do it, just to like give them plays. Maybe you can like be like, give it. How can we attack this team? <laughs> Cardoso would know. Oh, he does hate Cardoso, right? Yeah, I hope he plays. Can they throw hands? <laughs> I hope I see the plays. To be honest, it's gonna be easier for us. <laughs> That's true. Beltran's gonna run circles around them. But um, we're yeah, we're I'm playing. Sure he'll play. They signed him la- this weekend, I think. This past weekend, so. I don't know if they integrate him into the team that quickly, but they are they are pretty bad, so I could see them playing him. I'm pretty sure 
They haven't scored a goal all year. They haven't. <laughs> they, they haven't this season, no. Who, Veracruz or, or Querétaro? Veracruz. Veracruz right now sit in 17th place, second to last. They have three, yeah, lo- they three losses and one draw. And no goals. Nope. They lost to Lobos, Morelia, Puebla. And they tied with Pumas. So we're going to start six defenders again, right? <laughs> I mean, it's Cardoso, so you never know. Now now we're scared. I think, I, I, I think Pumas gets their first win this week. Pumas? Wow. Who's Pumas going against? Pumas Monterrey. Monterrey. No, but I think, I feel like teams that have coaching changes, they somehow turn it around. Yeah, but look at who their coach is. It's uh, Bruno Marioni. Bruno Marioni. Yeah, no. I don't know. I, don't I mean, so. Pachuca turned it around. They had Riquelme. Oh, did they? Oh, Riquelme. they. Palermo. They, they won. Palermo. Yeah, yeah they, they won. won. They beat. Oh, they I beat Pumas. I didn't know that. Well, you can you can watch that game. I will not be watching that game. <laughs> oh no, I'm not watching. I'm just saying. I think that if if Pumas can win and we win, then we will be back in first place. Oh, okay. I That's don't think, I don't think Pumas beats Monterrey. I was, I was confused. <laughs> All right, so we're Monterrey playing... just got Layun, so. Whoa, washed up. You never know. Washed up Layun? Yeah. All right, so we're playing Veracruz on Monday night because they don't want to go up against, I guess, the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl doesn't want to go up against them, so they probably asked Liga MX to please... <laughs> Move ratings juggernaut Chivas to another date, and Liga MX obliged after the whole debacle. So there's no Liga MX game on on Sunday night. There is. It's a five o'clock game. Okay. Who's Who's the whack game though? It's uh, Lobos Guapachuca. Who usually who usually plays Sunday night at home? Santos. uh, Santos. Yeah, it's usually Santos. America plays Saturdays, right? Yeah. Yeah. Saturday's at 10, I think. No, Saturday's at 8 or 6. We so play at play, 8. We play at 10. Oh, no, we play at 10. Oh, shit, never mind. I'm bugging. You should listen to the podcast. I should. If only <laughs> there was a Chivas podcast. <laughs> um, all right, Veracruz, our head-to-heads against Veracruz, we have uh, a win, a win, a loss, and a win. Uh, I think Veracruz is a... Bottom dweller team. I think we. I think we win, and hopefully, hopefully Vega gets that goal. I think we win like three zero. To be honest. Yeah, I hope Carlos goes offensive. Learns from last game. He has nothing to lose. Tough his job. <laughs> uh, but he should. He should go out offensive in this game. All right. So that takes us into everybody's favorite new segment: Flo's gambling corner. Flo, what do you have for us this week? Flo going broke. <laughs> yeah. Listening to, listen to us. Flo, Flo got lucky this week. <laughs> yeah, so our bet last week was a Chivas win. So I thought the game started at 7, started at 6, so I didn't even get the place to bet, which is good news. <laughs> I saved $50, so we're still only down $50. Uh, <laughs> But we're back again this week to see what we uh, we want to do. All right, so I got a couple of bets here lined up. You guys tell me what's the best one. So I think the worst bet is Chivas win because they're favored by so much. If you bet fifty dollars, you only win like twenty. So not not ideal. Uh, the second one is uh, Chivas will record a shutout win. I'm liking this one because Veracruz hasn't scored all year. Uh, but if they score one goal, you know, you lose the bet. But so that one is if you win 50, I mean, if you bet 50, you win like your 50 back plus like another 60. And then the last one is under two and a half goals. This is another one that I'm thinking because Veracruz just doesn't score goals. I could see like a 2-0 game in Chivas' favor. And that one is pretty much like 50-50. You bet 50, you win 50. 
Mm. So out of those, which one? Which one are you guys thinking? I think the shutout win, though. I think the, 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 the safe the safe bet is the win. Nah, we're not. Gonna, but we know we're gonna win. We're, we're, we're flow is we're down fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're, try, we're trying to make money here. You gotta, chip, you gotta chip away at the chip away at the. Nah. At the <laughs> you're, you're obviously not a gambler, Navarro. I'm not. I'm too scared <laughs> to gamble. <laughs> I think the win plus the what's it called? The win plus the shutout. Yeah. That that would be win like sixty. Out. We'd be back in the positive if we if we bet that and won. Bro, they're not scoring, bro. Santos needed a, a fucking goal from like fifty yards out. They did need a golazo. Yeah, and the only thing that scares me about the under two point five is like you said, Luis, like Chivas could win three zero or something, you know, and then we're screwed. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going with the Chivas shutout win. So betting on Chivas just to win last week and losing wasn't enough. Now we got to add the shutout. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna place the bet right now, so I can't forget about it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go I'll go half I'll go half low. Just... Oh, rest right. You were supposed to go half. Yeah, I saved I saved twenty five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll Venmo you whatever whatever it is. We gotta I gotta start putting money aside for the classical weekend. Yeah, see, this is gonna be. Yeah, that you're gonna show up broke. <laughs> It's all good. Apparently, it costs like 30 cents to get an Uber, so <laughs> we're all good. All right. I think that wraps up another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, same day, because we're playing on Monday. So when, when, we'll when, are, when are you starting? When are you starting the VAR with Varro segment? <laughs> the VAR with VARO segment? <laughs> yeah. Any bad calls that you were there in, VAR? Let me, let, me VAR? Think, let me think real there, quick. I think there was one, no? Um, there was a handball in the box that everybody went our way, though. Everybody ignored. No. no. It was, it was a Santos fourth, handball. It was in Chivas' favor. Yeah. It, it deflected it was, off. The goalie saved it, I think. It was the Vega shot. It was shot. on the Vega. It was the Vega, was the Vega shot. shot. Yeah. yeah, the Vega shot. And they never went to VAR. They never then, went. Orozco it blocked the- it, and then the Santos it deflected off of Santos's uh, hand, arm. Whatever. Yeah, but I think I think Var just said that it was accidental. Okay, but what uh, does Varro think? Dun, dun, dun. I, Var obviously a, a penalty, and that oh also also this game ended the whole uh, Santander is a Chivas guy conspiracy because we would have got that penalty call. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm glad we were able to end that. One more, or they, one or more. They, they did it on purpose so that then we could use them in the playoffs. Mm. And people won't <sighs> say anything heading into the playoffs. 40, 40 chess? <laughs> what else? There was another one. Um, what was it? it was a, uh, a foul. A Furch foul. He like uh, he stepped on, I think, Iran Mier's ankle. But it was, like a, it was a dangerous play. He got a yellow for it. But... In the bar, oh, yeah, yeah. in the oh, bar yeah. for Varo segment, that is a red card. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so they missed the penalty and the red card. And the red card. Chivas. All right. Chivas wasn't losing one nil yet. Would have changed the game completely. Wow. Now, now I'm sure. Var is Var with. It's Var with Varo segment has a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and it just started for not being prepared. Word, this is just a little like rage that threw randomly. Imagine I actually look for stuff. <laughs> this, this weekend he's gonna have a notebook. He's gonna write everything down. I'm gonna just have a separate podcast. Uh, var with Varro. <laughs> All right, that that now that wraps up another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, just I guess retweet, share, share the podcast with your friends. Um, we'll be back. We out. Peace. Peace.